What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank, NA member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Retro Gamers Podcast, episode 137. Larry here. And Anthony here. Going on, Ant? I don't know, Larry. What's going on with you, actually? All I see is cabinet and ceilings. A lot, a lot. I'm currently in my new kitchen um, because I don't have a computer desk just yet. Uh, That's going to be coming soon. But I'm basically in my new apartment, the new Studio A, eventually. And uh, maybe a little bit later on, I'll give you a a quick tour of what everything's going to look like. Um, But that's that's why I wasn't here last week. Uh, You know, we didn't have an episode last week. I was just in the middle of turmoil at that point. So, yeah, and you know when you you know when when you're not here. There is no show, which is I, why we didn't have a show. That, that, that's that's right, because because it's all about you. It, well, you know, I, I am on four four different podcasts, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I never hear you say that. Never, <laughs> you're you're very modest about it. Oh no, it's it's I'm actually not modest. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, um, you know, we just couldn't get a podcast out. But we're back. Hey, look, we're humans. We're allowed to take some time off. Uh, but uh, yeah, don't mind me because I'm just again trying to settle in on this table here. That keeps rocking, so let me not touch it. Um, but before we get into everything, as always, remember, folks, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spreaker, again, wherever you get us. And you don't even have to just listen to us. You can watch us, too, right? Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Um, you can watch us on YouTube. We, have, uh, we put our podcast up there every week with uh, these two pretty mugs. Uh, that hopefully you're just listening to instead of watching. But, um, yeah, you can also obviously check us out on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash retrogamerspodcast. We're on Instagram at retrogamerspodcast. All that cool stuff. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's been a busy, busy week uh, for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, what do you what do we got on tap this week? I know we may have missed some stuff, but it just kind of. You're going to have to steer me here. I got nothing going on. I'm recording this off of my phone. I'm doing this gorilla style. Yeah, I know. And uh, and uh, my my body is doing things gorilla style for the last <laughs> couple of weeks. So uh, we're going to we're gonna do the best we can here and yeah. uh, to get through this. So um, and let's not – we're not going to waste any time. We're just going to jump right into some things. Um, and I think the first thing we should definitely talk about is the one thing that every human being on the planet is talking about this, this week. Or let's just say any – every human being – who's a gamer, who saw this um, very, very strange movie trailer last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we're talking about the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer. Um, Larry, do you want to kick that one off? Because uh, uh, I, mean, I, I, I have a lot to say about it, and I, know, unfortunately none of it's good. It's, it's, it's wacky. I think by now everyone's seen it. If you haven't seen it, you know, pause, go watch it. It's on YouTube. Um, yeah, let's get kind of initial reactions um story wise it's the same story as usual you know some some come to earth trying to save earth and um you know the military gets behind it to try and stop it 
Um, Story-wise, all right, fine. Not much you can really do with the story. Um, I like how James Marston, though, is in another movie where he's driving around with an animated object, just like an yeah. op. Yeah, so, did you see? Did you see the meme I where did. they literally did this? They did a split screen of James Marsden driving in a car, looking at <laughs> Hop and yeah. uh, and Sonic. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you know we get you know the trailer started. You know you get the uh, you see the red shoes. You see him kind of warming up, and we've already used to seeing the back of Sonic. Like we saw his legs in a teaser poster. We saw his silhouette in a teaser poster, which. Hmm people still weren't crazy about but whatever so you see him take off sonic boom all right sweet all right cool he moves fast there's a scene where he does the spin dash or the spin you know the, the spin sweet awesome i'll take it then we see his face and that's where <laughs> i would say 99 percent of the people on earth had a problem with the movie yes and i think it's very clear um Again, especially because of the way people responded, um, uh, the the first issue, no question about it, the teeth. His veneers, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's a it's a CGI created character. It's a movie where the said character is interacting with humans. I also get the fact that it's an animal, granted a blue version of you know of a hedgehog or whatever you want to call it. I was like, the hedgehog. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, Sonic, yeah, Sonic's a hedgehog, but he's a hedgehog who stands on two feet. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he's a little more anthropomorphic. Yes. Um, but um, human teeth? <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's, the, yeah. The teeth is weird. The teeth are weird. Um, he's got like the, he's got like the muscular legs, which makes sense but at the same time we've never seen him you know with that build so he's been a, even though he runs very fast he's been a little on the pudgy side um you know he's got the that's slow metabolism <laughs> he's got the red sneakers okay fine um it's the scene when he like he jumped into his lair or whatever and mm-hmm. i think he jumps off like what would be like a red one of those red springs like okay yes. okay that's cool i'll take it but then you got the eyes Oh yeah, that's it. And the eyes are the window to the soul, and this soul just seemed dark and weird as far as how these eyes look on Sonic, who we're used to. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, but um, you know, you got the eyes and everything. Did you see the meme online that compared Sonic's face to the face of the kid in the original Jumanji movie who was turning into a monkey? No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> okay, I'm not kidding you. When I saw Sonic's face, that that image popped in my head. And then somebody did a meme of it. And I'm like, oh, I was like, I'm not the only one. This is great. (laughs) I go because the kid from Jumanji, who's like, he's slowly turning into a monkey in the first movie. And it's all, you know, it's all like prosthetic stuff. And I swear to God, it's like you can literally swap the face (laughs) off of Sonic onto the kid from Jumanji. And it's it's like almost perfect. I find that one. Yeah, uh, no, I, I didn't see that one. Um, so before we get into like the the whole Sonic thing, let's talk about Robotnik for a moment um, because before the day before the trailer, I think it was the day before the trailer released, we saw a, a still from the trailer of Jim Carrey as Robotnik. Mm-hmm. Now we all know again, we all know Doctor Robotnik, Doctor Eggman, whatever you want to call him, as this overweight, egg shaped, <clears throat> old, wacky mustache loon. Um, and of course, Jim Carrey's 
well, he's a loon, but he's not overweight. He's not bald or anything. So it was kind of weird to see a, a, a thinner Eggman. Um, but then the trailer starts, shows up uh, in his in his truck, and then he starts at, he acts very uh, uh, weird, very you know crazy, which is good. I'll mm-hmm. take that. What were your first thoughts when you saw Jim Carrey in the outfit, even from that photo that we first saw before the trailer mm-hmm. actually hit? Well, um, actually, for that, I had um, I really didn't have much of a reaction, and I'll tell you why. Um, I'm trying to. I always try to be realistic with film, especially when film is translating something from another medium. So here we're talking about, obviously, a video game. And we're talking about characters made for a video game without the intention of ever making a film. So, you know, when you look at Eggman or Dr. Robotnik in the games, he doesn't exactly have realistic proportions. Let's face it. He's basically the size of a ball. He's, (laughs) you know, his body is literally a round ball. And he's got these thin arms and super thin arms and legs and the head on top. I'm like, he was never meant to become yeah. a real person. So the fact that Jim Carrey walks on screen and he has hair and he has a regular mustache and he's his size and not this big overweight person, I have no problem with that at all. Okay. I don't. I, I, because I think it's just, again, they're trying to be as realistic as possible, especially considering the fact that you have a CGI character that's going to be interacting with everybody throughout the film. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to kind of keep everything else as grounded as you can. Okay. Um, and I get that. Um, I can understand that part of it. Uh, you know, like we're not talking about the drastic difference between King Koopa and then Dennis Hopper playing King Koopa in right. Super Mario Brothers. Um, because he still had the look. He still had, like, you could still see Robotnik in him. So she mm-hmm. had the, the one picture of him with the goggles, yeah. with the red, you know, that Robotnik normally, uh, Robotnik normally wears. Mm-hmm. So that part's cool. Still a little bit of me was like, ah, it would have just been nice to, because me being me, you know how I like, I, even if it was like a, a one-to-one translation, I'd be totally in on it. But as we watch the movie, and I forgot, I wish I could give credit where credit's due, because um, it's not my original idea, but I read about it. If you watch the trailer again, and this is no spoilers because it's all in the trailer, Robotnik, Jim Carrey, starts to kind of really lose it as the trailer goes on, mm-hmm. if we're assuming that the trailer is going, you know, almost in chronological order. Um, you know, you have the part where he first comes out. Yeah, he's talking a bit nutty, which is very Jim Carrey-like, almost Ace Ventura-like. Um then someone calls him basic, which is very Canadian. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, then he has the part where he puts the glasses on, but the glasses are a bit crooked. Yeah. So, all right, that's kind of weird. Uh, he gets, like, electrocuted a little bit, so he starts losing it. And the part I want to point out is, I don't know if you saw it all the way through, because it took me, like, the second or third time to watch the trailer when I caught it. At the very, very end of the trailer, the screen starts to, like, go wonky. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you do see Robotnik, bald, with that huge mm-hmm. mustache in yeah. what looks like like a field of mushrooms. Yeah. So that's why I think, and it makes sense, maybe he does eventually get to that point where mm-hmm. he does turn into the Robotnik that we know just out of pure, what's the word I'm looking for? Because I don't know what it's going to be. Just... He just loses it throughout the movie. Yeah. Well, you remember? Um, do you remember the movie Dodgeball? Of course, Dodge, Dip, Duck, Dive, and Dodge. 
Yeah, duck dive and dodge. Do you remember? Do you remember what happens to Ben Stiller's character at the end of the movie? <laughs> yes. Yeah, where he just loses it, and all of a sudden he's like four hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, yep. So I think um, I think there's definitely a potential for that to happen. Um, but talking about Jim Carrey's performance now, I don't think I don't think the um, I don't think the trailers in chronological order. I don't. They usually uh, are. Right? Yeah, they they're usually not. Um, but one of the things about the trailer that kind of made me take a step back was. Jim Carrey's performance because I'm literally sitting here and I'm like, I feel like I'm watching a trailer from 1993. I'm yeah. like, because this yeah. is this is old school, like really old school Jim Carrey, Ace like you Ventura. said. Ace Ventura is the perfect way to bring it up. That is exactly what it reminded me of, but it didn't remind me of it in a good way. Oh, really? And no, because you know, I mean, back in the 90s, you know, I loved Ace Ventura and I thought it was great. Um, and I and I thought the perform, you know, the performance he did was great. I was like, but now in 2019 him doing the same thing not only does it like feel like a, a callback but kind of a i don't want to say the word cheap but i feel like it's just a lesser callback okay a lesser callback to that um paired with the weird looking sonic and all this stuff it 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 honestly feels like a movie that should have been made in the early 90s not a movie that should be made today um okay i can see what you're talking about now me personally um, now, and, and I mean this, and I really do with all due respect. Sometimes I feel, because you're in Hollywood, sometimes you may have a different view of movies, which is nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. you know, because you know the behind the scenes. Like me, I look, I would love to see another Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura. Um, the, and also, I think because when I, and I know, and if they took any pull from that Sonic for Hire series that's on YouTube, mm -hmm. first of all, I would see an hour and a half movie of Sonic for Hire because if you haven't seen that, those shows on on YouTube, go watch it. They are yes. hysterical. Agreed. Egg, Eggman in those is very almost Ace Ventura like. So, and that's what that reminded me of. His performance almost kind of reminded me of Sonic for Hire, and that's where my was like, all right, I'll take Jim Carrey as um, Robotnik. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know that's. But that's where we are with that. I think either way, I think Jim Carrey can pull off an um, eccentric. That's the word I've been trying to find. Yes. Um, an eccentric character. Um, so I think I think Jim, we're safe with, ultimately, ultimately, in this movie, we're safe with Jim Carrey. Um, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. The hedgehog could be, It could be me, because look, I shaved. But, um, yeah, Sonic. So. The trailer drops. We get this weird-looking human face, Sonic the Hedgehog, mm -hmm. and the internet goes wild. Wild is an understatement. I think <laughs> the internet. I think the 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 internet went crazy. So like, really let's, crazy. Let's do this. Let's and I we I mean unless you have information, you know, like you read about, but the movie's coming out in November. Correct. With this movie that has so much special effects, like the dash. You know, like where he moves so fast, he's basically stopping time and he goes around with the with mm -hmm. the missiles and everything. I mean, how far into post-production would you say they are? Oh, I don't think um, I don't think they're as far as you realize. OK. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, films tend films generally don't get 100 percent completed and ready to, you know, ready to show until a few weeks prior. OK. Um, Really? What, what? Yeah, because what they'll usually what they'll usually do is as they're doing post production, they'll finalize you know they'll finalize 
certain scenes as they go along or you know certain sequences mm-hmm. um and specifically what they'll do is they'll focus on sequences that they're going to use in the trailer because they'll start to plot out once the film is shot okay we're gonna we're gonna put our trailer together and they storyboard it and all that stuff and these are the pieces we want to do for the trailer and they'll tend to uh, at least this, my understanding is um they'll obviously finish those sequences first so that they can put the trailer together but they'll they'll work on this stuff up until um you know month out oh even uh, with special effects like cgi yeah. and stuff okay. yeah oh yeah cgi because what because what happens is um they'll they'll take movies to test audiences you know how they have you ever heard yeah. of that theater testing so yeah. and when you go to one of those theater tests sometimes the movie is not 100% completed okay so you'll watch you know you'll watch scenes mm-hmm. that that you know you'll see a version of a cgi character but it's I not a full you. version it's you. the whole idea is to test the audience on their reaction so that you yeah. can go back in post and adjust as okay. needed so per, you know yeah. um just a quick example i was reading online avengers endgame you know that just came out obviously no spoilers no no <laughs> no no spoilers but there was a line that um robert downey jr's character tony stark says in the film in a pivotal scene that they didn't shoot until this past January. Oh, wow. Because while they were in the editing room, they were like, you know, we really feel like the character shouldn't be quiet in this moment. Mm-hmm. He should say something. And the editor sat there and said, well, he should say this. And okay. the direct the director looked at him and said, we got to get Robert Downey Jr. on the phone. We got to shoot this. Yeah. And so, like, those types of things happen all the time just as they're editing. So, so much stuff goes in in post that you can be editing up until – I think I've even heard, like, films literally not finalizing until, like, a week or two before they wow. ship them to theater. Like, it like, gets know, that close. Like, I know South Park was done, I think, like, 24 hours before it was shipped to theater. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that they're always going to go in and do. So, I guarantee you, like, um, the internet outcry for Sonic – Yes. You know, and the fact of all of the stuff, he looks bad and everything. When the director came out and said, we've heard you, we're going to go fix it. That's they, have, the thing. they have plenty of time to go and fix him. Dude, that's the thing. You know, it, it got to, and this is probably, I can't remember in, in modern history of the internet, or at least of social media, which is even younger than the internet, a point where there was so much outcry that the director and the movie studio, Paramount, came out and yep. said, we heard you. We are changing the look of Sonic. Yeah. Um, I mean, can, has this ever happened before where there was such an outcry that they went back and almost changing it, literally changing an entire film? Um, not necessarily. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a public outcry that loud. But um, that's what, again, that, that's what test audiences are for. It's like we were a giant test audience, really. Well, that's really what it is. I mean, that's what social media is becoming. Yeah. Um, it's becoming a giant test audience. But most of the time what happens is test audiences will dictate what studios will do with a film. Because if your test audience comes out and says, we don't like this, the entire crew is going to be like, okay, these are... What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.
Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The parts of the movie they hated or they really didn't like the ending, we're going to have to go reshoot and then they run back and they figure out something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if you can't satisfy a test audience, you're not going to satisfy a mass audience. And And in this case your mass audience has already responded to you. (laughs) So it's like, you don't need a test audience in a theater right now. You already know you have to go back and fix this character. Um, So let me ask though the fix. We don't know what kind of fix. Now, Mm. look, I, again, me being me, just pull Sonic straight out of the video game and put him right in that car seat next to James Marsden, and I'm happy with it. Um, I think they're probably going to go with a more like maybe Sonic Adventure, Sonic 06 look, where he's still tall. Well, tall. He's, he's not as frumpy. Um, you know, he's... And probably give him the bigger shoes. And I think the biggest problem has been the eyes. Because mm-hmm. in the video game, his eyes connect. They actually connect. Like yeah. Now, look, I get where they're coming from, where they want to give Sonic more natural look, even for an animal. Because no yep. animal's eyes connect like that. But considering the fact that he's technically an alien mm-hmm. and he's Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. I think they can get away with it. And there's been memes out there where people would just, in the same scene, take Sonic the way he is. Like the one when he's trying to flashlight him. He's like, uh, meow. Um, him. And then someone just really just put like Sonic 06 Sonic in it. Mm-hmm. And it looked way better. Yeah. Well, um, your thoughts? If... They're smart at this point, especially if they've already come out and said, we're listening to you guys and we're making adjustments. If I were, if I were them, uh, Paramount, that is, I would come out with, I would actually come out with just do an internet poll. Here, are, here's the current version. Here's one that we've tweaked. Here's one that looks more like Sonic 06. Here's one that looks like, which, and literally, I would just no. ask, I would ask people, I'd be like, which one would you prefer? Because they're going to have to go back and do this anyway. I say give us 16-bit Sonic. Right? That would be awesome all of a sudden. You just see – you just see. look, pixels. Um, but here's the thing. Yes. I don't think they're going to change him that dramatically because okay. they've already got the CGI build of this character. That's yeah. – I think rebuilding – I think rebuilding him from nothing is – well, It's this is already going to be expensive. First off, you have to think about that. Um, the budget of this film is going to inflate – a considerable amount based on these adjustments the because you got it. Yeah, exactly. Cause you're already going to have to change him completely in the scenes you finalized. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go back to the other ones that aren't done cause it's not yeah. done, but the ones that are finalized and hopefully just the trailer scenes are finalized. Cause then the cost won't be that severe. Yeah. Right. Um, but you're gonna have to go back and refinalize this guy. Um, so I, I don't expect him to stray too far from what we've already seen. I think that they're going to play around with the features a little bit to kind of soften it up and make it look a little bit more like the character from the mm-hmm. from the video game um, and less like this human hedgehoggy monkey hybrid thingy that they're going with <laughs> that I don't know. I don't All right. I don't know. Uh, and 
So, I mean, time will tell what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot, obviously, there's a lot at stake here because I think Paramount is really hoping on this becoming a very successful franchise for them yeah. uh, or film franchise. And you're not going to be a successful film franchise if the outcry is like this already from just a trailer. Honestly, if you think if you know what Sonic was making, can you imagine what Tails would have looked like if, if oh, no. they in the movie? Somebody already did a meme of that with like that weird fox character. Oh that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Line. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And then my final question on this topic is do you think this is a precedent now? The fact where if we see a trailer and everyone starts complaining and moaning about it, like is this the new um what's the word I'm looking for? Like the new test, are we the new test subject? Social media, the new test subject, where now this may be a new thing. Um, I'm going to say probably not. Okay. Um, because you can only let you can you can only let your test audience, so to speak, weigh in on so many things. Because you have to remember, we don't we know very little about this film, very very little. Which is what should it be? Yeah. Right. So in other words, like if we because if we all stood up and said. Oh my God, Jim Carrey's performance is horrible. This is going to be terrible if you don't figure out something. They would have to l- literally go back and reshoot probably three quarters, if not the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you just can't do that. You just can't do that. Yeah. Um, so I just think that in, with things like this, a studio can listen to you because it's like, hey, this, this CGI character looks like garbage or whatever. It's like, and, and you know what? And kudos to them for actually responding because a lot of studios yeah. would just be like, you know, trust me, you guys are going to love it when you see the film. Don't worry about it. That's usually the route that they go, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, see when you see the movie, you'll change your mind. Yeah. They're at least reacting like, we hear you, we're doing something. And, you know, give them a lot of credit because they already know how much money this is going to cost them. <laughs> um, but I don't th- I don't expect this to be a norm. Okay. All right, cool. Well, let us know what you think. I think we all know already what you think. Yeah. Let us know what you think about the Sonic trailer. Uh, hit us up on our Facebook page and our Instagram, and uh, let us know your thoughts. Like, what do you what do you think should change about Sonic? I think really just eyes and shoes, and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, do you have any ideas what you would like to see changes on Sonic? Um, the the whole film. Um, okay. <laughs> no, uh, I, honestly, honestly, I don't know because it's such a strange character, um, and especially coming out at a time where we also have another movie that's just about to release, which is Detective Pikachu. Um, oh yes, where, Thursday. Okay, yeah. So and Detective Pikachu, you can see they've kind of they've kind of created some type of balance where it doesn't look that egregious. You know, Pikachu now when I first saw the film, the the trailer, it I stopped for a moment because I'm like, okay, this is a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. I was like, but then when you saw the other scenes with him kind of in the real world and then the other Pokemon in there and everything like that, I was like, okay, I was like, you know what? I go, they kind of made it look like this is this is just the world that they live in, and it's okay. Agreed. They that's what I love about the the Pokemon movie. They literally pulled the Pokemon from the video game. Yeah, they put fur on them, but that's it. They didn't change them to make them look realistic or anything. And that was the other meme I saw online. Someone goes, "Yes, if we can get this, and it's Detective Pikachu." We can have this. And I think they put, like, the video game Sonic in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so it is possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely possible. Yeah. But there's one other thing about the Sonic trailer before we move on to our next yeah. topic I wanted to bring up. And it was what you said about that quick shot or that glitch at the end where we see the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. really heavy um, Robotnik. Yeah. Dr. Robotnik. And I, the, it, it gave me pause for this reason. 
Remember, I said originally, I felt like the film was very 90s, very over the top Jim Carrey and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I go, this is a little nutty. I was like, because it feels like a movie ripped out of time mm-hmm. in a way. Is it possible that this entire trailer is a dupe? Hmm. In other words, are they setting us up for something that is one thing that's going to be completely different? Hmm. Because it's entirely possible, let's face it, everybody's everybody's always about, we want to surprise our audience. We don't want to give everything away in the trailer. Which people and, do nowadays. Right, which people do nowadays. And, uh, you know, again, not to quote, not to go back to Avengers again, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, this is not a, this is not a big spoiler. I was like, all of the trailers that they made for Endgame reveal absolutely nothing about the film. Mm. Nothing. Anything, anything that you pull out of that trailer does not give you an inkling of what happens in this movie. And that was brilliant on their part. Yeah. Is it possible that with, with this knowledge, they set up this trailer to kind of fool the audience? In other words, we think we're getting this movie with this very 90s acting Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. slim, the mustache. By the way, looks. Reminded me a lot of M. Bison when I first saw him from 95 Street Fighter. That's the other thing that took me out of it. I'm like, oh, my God, it's M. Bison with a mustache. I'm like, but everything about the, everything about the trailer to me screamed 90s. And, right. it, and, not, and not in a good way, 90s. And, but then you got that little clip at the end where it switched. And I'm like, I wonder if they're fooling us. Hmm. And the movie actually isn't going to be this. Hmm. Just saying. Interesting. Uh, well, time will tell. Movie comes out, I believe, in November. Well, we'll yes. see. That may change. Uh, but uh, again, let us know your thoughts on it. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. And we'll see what changes are about for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. All right. So we, again, we got some big stuff coming up uh, this summer, at least on the East Coast. Um, we got uh, coming up CradleCon in June, early June. Uh, of course, you'll be able to check our little links on our Facebook page. Um, definitely check out CradleCon at the Cradle of Aviation Museum. But more importantly, which we may both actually be attending, um, the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo, August 10th and 11th, also at the Cradle of Aviation Museum in Garden City, New York. Yes. And uh, I am looking forward to coming to the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo, whether it is physically or virtually. Yeah, we'll see. Because uh, their Wi-Fi has been a little... But uh, we'll check it out. We'll, we'll have you there in one way, shape, or form. Well, Larry, I want, I want myself on a computer monitor if I can't be oh, there. Sure. And I'm going to just make sure it's only my head. <laughs> We're definitely going to have you there in some way because we have a table. So we have to be there in some yes. way, shape, or form. So uh, check those out. Cradle of Aviation hosting CradleCon and the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. We will be there. Well, I'll definitely be there for both. Uh, Anthony will be there in some way, shape, or form for uh, Long Island Retro. Get your tickets. Let them know that you heard it from the Retro Gamers. It's not going to save you money. But again, it gives us some clout. Larry, it is my favorite time of year, or my favorite video game time of year. I'm I don't know if you think. It can't be Christmas or WrestleMania, but those are my favorite times of year. No, th- those are your favorite time of years, and shame on you, because neither of those are video game related. <laughs> this is my favorite video game time of year because we have our brand new inductees into the video game hall of fame yes the strong museum up there in rochester new york that we need to go visit one day when i'm in town really it's not it's rochester is not a bad that's an overnighter no well if i I stay at my sister's it's not even that (laughs) oh she i didn't realize she was that close to rochester 
Yeah, she's not that far. Oh, wow. Okay. At least I don't think so. Ah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> bottom line <laughs> is that um, I, I know somebody who lives close to Rochester. Um, <laughs> bottom line is the uh, World video, video Game Hall of Fame has announced their 2019 inductees yes. um, into the Hall of Fame. And uh, we got some really good ones this year, and uh, we're going to go through them. Now, granted, I don't know if you've heard uh, the last couple of years we've been announcing the Hall of Famers, and uh, they've been some really like heavy hitters. Oh uh, yeah, of course. I mean, and, only... and just to run just to run down some names in the video game Hall of Fame, we're yeah. talking about Donkey Kong, uh, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, Grand Theft Auto Three, Sonic the Hedgehog, which there is the new movie this year. Um, Street Fighter Two, Final Fantasy Seven, Tomb Raider, like really really heavy hitters yeah. that go into the Hall of Fame. And as they should, should, they've rightfully uh, earned it. Um, And we've got four new inductees this year that we're going to go through. One of which I was completely unaware of. And I don't know, Larry, if you were or were not. Yeah, I never heard of it either. We'll talk about it. And I think in years past, I do want to make an editor's note. I think in years past, we've confused finalists with inductees. Because I remember one year, we spoke about like 15 games with Josh. Um, so not all of those made it in. Uh, one day we'll do the full correction. We'll go over all the games, but this is the 2019 one. And, uh, and yeah, let us know who is now in the hall of fame. Who's going to oh. be attacked by a fan at the hall of fame. Okay. So, um, the first game we're going to talk about is the one I think that we both, the two of us both know the least, um, and getting inducted. And this is, uh, this is a game that I believe was uh, – this was released by Microsoft in 1979. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, so we're, we're going way, way back. Yeah. Um, and the name of the game is Colossal Cave Adventure. Colossal Cave Adventure. Now, I did see that this is a – this is an old-school cassette game. Yeah, it's, yeah it is yeah. a – yeah, the game is a cassette tape. Like, I, like, an, like an audio cassette. Like an audio cassette. Yep. If you got, and if you're listening or watching and you don't know what an audio cassette is, you can very easily Google it. Hey, look. Way too young. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday where I showed them – I just so happened to have uh, a Commodore 64 game in my hand. <laughs> and this kid was, uh, this kid was uh, 21 years old. Is 21 years old. And I'm like, yeah. I go, this is what a video game looked like in the mid to late 80s for a computer. And he's like, oh, it's cool because it has. I have like an original box of the game. Yeah. But oh. then I open the box up, I take out the floppy disk, and he just looks at me. He's like, "What is that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "This is the game." And he's like, and he literally looks at me like I'm holding something alien in my hand. He's like, "What is that?" I go, "This is what that we called a floppy disk. We would put it in a disk drive, and we would play the game." He's like, he's like, he's like, no. He's like, that's just crazy. I'm like, no. I go, that this is that's what it used to be. That's and like now I'm. Old. When I had when I did a, a flea market, uh, trying to sell some stuff, and I was selling a mouse pad, and some kid—I mean, the kid was like ten, maybe—comes over, he's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "It's a mouse pad." And he's like, "What's a mouse?" I'm like, well, "On the computer, you know, for a pointer." Like, not even just completely forgetting that those that generation is totally on touchscreen tablets and smartphones. They don't even know what an input device is. Yeah, it blew my mind. No, I mean, yeah, no, we're we're heading that way. I mean, it's so much easier these days now to either, you know, obviously use your tablet or if you're using a computer, a lot of people now are switching to a stylus with the pad. Yeah, and um, my dad like my dad has a touchscreen computer. 
Yeah, and touchscreens computers. Yeah. So there's there's really no need for a mouse anymore. Of course, you have uh, then you have what I call fingerprint syndrome, where everything that you watch or look at on your computer is covered in fingerprints because yeah. you're just doing this. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to um, video game Hall of Fame, Colossal Cave Adventure, and I'm just going to read the information from the video game Hall of Fame website because this is a game, like I said, that Larry and I are both unfamiliar with. So. Um, so Colossal Cave Adventure experienced um, how the game could conjure up a world of spelunking, puzzle solving, and treasure gathering with only words. It's a text-based game? Well, audio cassette. Oh, that was an audio? Because no, those cassettes usually still loaded in graphics, loaded in data. Right, it's still loaded in graphics and stuff, but ultimately I guess it was a text-based game. So, okay. so Will Crowther created the game as a programmer at... Uh, a company called Bolt, Berenick, and Newman, BBN, a firm that did much of the foundational work for ARPANET, the forerun- basically the forerunner of the internet. It was okay. originally called ARPANET. Can you imagine if we called it ARPANET? Where are you going? Oh, I'm, I'm on the ARPANET. Um, <laughs> so, so Will Crowther created the game to connect with his daughter, inspired by his experiences exploring Mammoth Cave and by playing the recently released tabletop game that everybody knows, Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. So, after completing a build of the game in 1976, he uploaded it to BBN's computer system and left for vacation. While he was gone, the game spread quickly and was discovered by a young Stanford student, Don Woods, who explained who expanded its imaginary world, adding longer descriptions, a larger map, and a roving pirate who randomly snatched items from players. And... Um, so, and Colossal Cave Adventure inspired numerous games that helped launch the commercial computer game industry, including Scott Adams' 1978 title, Adventureland, and Infocom's game, Zork. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then others ported the game to personal computers, including a version by Microsoft released in 1979. Um, and this also inspired Roberta Williams to create the first graphical adventure game, Mystery House, in 1980. And if you don't know who Roberta Williams is, Roberta and her husband, well, Roberta and her husband, Ken, founded the pioneering company, uh, the pioneering computer adventure game company that we all know um, called Online Systems, which later became Sierra Online. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so without this game, we may not have gotten Sierra Online. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. So again, so Colossal Cave Adventure is basically like, you're, you know, again, it's a map. You're exploring caves and you're trying to mm-hmm. get treasure and stuff like that and collect treasure. And they've had, you know, they had um, obstacles along the way, but it's essentially a text based adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, and without Colossal Cave Adventure, again, we may not have gotten, you know, all the t- basically all the text based adventure games that we love. Um, Oregon Trail, of course, being, and me, <laughs> the most famous of them. Uh, uh, damn, that's uh, scary. Well, yeah, I always die of dysentery, man. <laughs> I'm worried it's going to happen in real life. Because <laughs> that's uh, where we're at. Um, but anyway, Colossal Cave Adventure, um, you know, again, and on on its 40th anniversary, no less, 1979 is when mm-hmm. it was uh, essentially released. So 40 years ago, we got... This- There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with great low prices on decorations inside and out like artificial Christmas trees to light up the living room, outside lights and playful inflatables that bring joy to the neighborhood. 
order online, and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved with a wide assortment of holiday decor from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Free standard shipping on most online orders over $45. Some exclusions apply while supplies last. For over 30 years, Lexus has made the driveway a special place. But this year, some new driveway traditions appeared, like birthdays and drive-by graduation parades. Here's to making the driveway the place to celebrate. Deck your driveway at the Lexus December to Remember sales event. Find exclusive offers on our most popular models with contactless delivery. Now through January 4th. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. This game, it is now officially a Hall of Famer, so congratulations to Colossal Cave Adventure. Very good. Very good. We're going to move on. All right. So the next game that got into the Hall of Fame, also a, uh, a PC game and a game I can almost guarantee anybody in our generation who owned or worked on a computer, um, there's no question about it. <laughs> almost everybody has played this in our generation. Um, and we're talking about the very simple but ridiculously addicting Microsoft Solitaire. Yes. Well, one of the best free games that were ever released because it came with every computer, like you said. And this yep. is the one I think we said last year was went in last year, but no, it was a finalist last year, but it's yep. officially in this year. Um, yeah, you know, that's definitely overdue. And people are probably going to think Solitaire. Why is a Solitaire game going into the Hall of Fame? But, Ant, like you said, everyone who bought a computer got Solitaire. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact same version. And you're the hours, mm-hmm. hours of playing Solitaire, like, was was insane. Yeah. Um, and it originally came out on, if you remember, um, before Windows 95, there was Windows 3.0. Ah, and yes. 3.1. Yep. And Solitaire was one of the games that was sitting on there. And that used to, and it's amazing too because like you know when you were playing like when you play card games like um, as a kid or something like that it's like solitaire was literally the only game you would play when you were alone you and know it's the name it's in the title right solitaire. it's in the title yeah. um, otherwise you know when you're playing games with other you know th- you don't play solitaire with other people okay but actually I mean I just want because I want to right off the bat uh, piggyback on that when we were little we were playing I mean, we weren't playing poker or anything but like we we're playing golf go fish war. war. War, yeah, like these wacky card games. No one would ever thought of playing solitaire. No, no, you definitely wouldn't. And, I, and you know, and I would play solitaire with a deck of cards if I was just doing it by myself. Like you know, but how old were you? Well, no, I mean, I was a kid. But like you know, because oh. during the holidays, my, I mean, during the holidays, like my family, you know, we, we like after after dinner and all, and dessert and all that stuff, they would play poker just for okay. fun. And so there was always a deck of cards on the table. So. They would play poker, and when they weren't playing poker, I would take the cards and play solitaire. I'm like, no, because no, no. you know, I'm too young to play poker. Um, <laughs> yeah, because like I never heard of solitaire until the game. Oh no, no, no! I played it before that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but then just the idea of it being on the computer, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then you would start it, and you would play a game, um, and then another game, and then another game, and you know, it was the first game on a computer I think that finally started to eat up some hours. <laughs> um, and I, I'll always remember that you were able to change the deck of cards because the deck of cards like the image on the deck of cards could be like they had like maybe like eight or nine options or something like that mine was always mine was always the um the mountain at midnight with the moon yes yes 
That was always my deck. That was the best deck. Um, but anyway, I mean, yeah, just a very simple game that everybody owned. Um, and to this day, if you own a computer, do a search in your computer for Solitaire. It's probably there. Oh, like wow. even today's Absolutely. computers, like yeah. if I decided to dive into my computer here, which has Windows 10 and all this stuff, and I do a search for Solitaire, I'm pretty confident it's going to pop up. <laughs> awesome. So, awesome. Well, so, yeah. So, um, and again, um, created, uh, again, information from the Hall of Fame. So who created Solitaire for the, the, um, uh, the PC that became Not so true. popular? It was an intern at wow. Klondike. Uh, I'm sorry, Klondike version of Solitaire. I'm sorry. Programmed initially by intern Wes Cherry with a card deck designed by Susan Kerr. Interesting. Yep. Not only did it give users a program they immediately understood, but it also taught them how to use a brand new computer device. The mouse. The mouse. Ah, it's right in the face. The mouse was brand new with Windows 3.0. Before that, everything was DOS. Oh. Everything was DOS related, and you would just type in yeah. the commands. I didn't even think of that. That's yep. wow. Okay, that's cool. Yep. So apparently, yeah, because double clicking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, play is the brain's favorite way of learning, and what better way to learn how to use a mouse than by clicking on cards? Yeah. Huh. Oh, and interesting. I w I have been corrected. Windows 10 does not have solitaire because. Microsoft distributed Solitaire on every version of its operating system from 1990 through Windows 8.1 in 2013. Wow. And has since made the, ga the game a downloadable title. Oh, okay. So you can download it to any computer. It yeah. is in there. It's basically just there waiting for you. Okay. So. That's cool. Yeah, so Microsoft Solitaire. Again, if you haven't played it on your computer um, or whatever you own, um, <laughs> You know, I'm sure tablets and stuff don't have it. But if you if you have a computer, do a search for it. You actually be surprised at how addicting it can get. It, um, it I got outside of the regular solitaire, just for me, my own personal experience. I got I got addicted to Spider Solitaire when it came out on the computer. Uh, yeah, my dad started playing a lot of Spider Solitaire. I like Tri Peaks Solitaire first. Tri Peaks was another one yeah, that I loved love too. That one was really fun. But uh, yeah, old school Solitaire, good stuff. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. Okay. Now we're starting to get to the heavy hitters. <laughs> All right, and these are games that, um, again, these are games from our childhood that we definitely played on our consoles. Okay, hands down. So the next, the next game that got into the Hall of Fame is currently a um, is currently a game that just released a brand new title, and considering the fact that this game originated back in 1992, we're talking about 27 years of video game franchise history here. That's how impactful the first game was. In fact, the game was so impactful that it is responsible, almost single-handedly, for giving us the rating system in the video game oh. industry today. <laughs> yes. And of course, we're talking about the bloody, the brutal, the techno-driven movie franchise, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Oh, man, Mortal Kombat. That literally, like you said, was a game changer. Yeah, the, absolute um, game changer. Released in 1992, again, one-on-one -on -one martial arts fighting game similar to Street Fighter, but man, did they separate themselves from Street Fighter by throwing blood in there yep. and um, fatalities, which if you don't know what the fatalities are, man, you got you to gotta look that stuff up. Pure uh, gore. Yeah, just 
gore for gore's and, sake, way violent. And what made it different as well, not only that, it was digitized humans. Like yep. they actually got actors, you you use the actors. And that, you know, that even brings a little bit more realism, at least in 92 it did, more realism to it. You know, when, when the Sub-Zero's ripping the head and the, and the spine out of mm -hmm. somebody. Uh, yeah, because yeah. there's nothing more fun than ripping the spine out of someone. That's what I've heard. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, and the fact that it did create the ratings board, you know, I guess that's an argument into itself, whether that's, you know, helpful or hurtful. Um, you know, I guess that can go the same with the MPAA rating board or whatever. Right. But that's a whole other subject for a whole other time. But Mortal Kombat was just, I mean, I remember when that first showed up, like at the beach club that we used to go to, me and my parents. Mm -hmm. um, I remember first Street Fighter 2 showed up and that was like, what is this new game? And then Mortal Kombat came in, and like Street Fighter started getting dust because oh, I yeah. started playing Mortal Kombat. So, well, I think that's when they—that's when uh, Street Fighter Championship Edition came out then Basically. too to try and compete. <laughs> yeah, and it was. It was. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was a great game. Street Fighter Two is already in the Hall of Fame, and yeah. there's a reason why. The reason why Street Fighter Two came was uh, put in the Hall of Fame first is it was really the first major one-on-one -on -one fighting game. That was impactful in the industry. And Mortal Kombat was obviously the one that came after that was like, oh, you know what? Hold my beer. And out this came. <laughs> Mortal Mondays. Remember those? You know, when the new. Oh, yeah. Mortal Mondays. Um, so who's your go to on Street uh, uh, Mortal Kombat? Who's your go? -to? Always, always, always Sub-Zero. You know, it was Sub-Zero at first for me, but then it was Raiden. Yeah, I loved Raiden. Well, here's yep. the reason. I think a lot of reasons why people loved Raiden. It was easy to remember his move combos because he could teleport across the screen just by doing down up really quickly, and you were already on the other side of the screen. You'd be right and then I think, person, yeah, yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, his the the charge across the screen was just back back forward. Yeah. So it was, you know, and again, the move combo things were new to us because Street Fighter was the first one to really do those things, where you needed to remember, you know, these, you know, these combinations. Fatalities were were hard to pull off. I could never remember the yeah. fatalities, just never. So watching other people do it was always like mind numbing because I'm like, oh, oh my god! I was like, they know how to do the fatality. I never remembered it long enough to do it. So <laughs> that's why when um, on N64, when the uh, Mortal Kombat trilogy came out, great game, yeah, and there was the secret menu that let you turn on one button fatalities. <laughs> that is how I managed to see all the fatalities because again, back then. There was no YouTube, so I could not go on YouTube to watch all the fatalities. The only way that you were seeing these things is in-game. Yep. So. <laughs> who is your uh, – you said Raiden was your go-to. Raiden. Now, has Raiden always been your go-to? Uh, yeah, whenever I play, if Raiden's in the game. I know he hasn't been in all of them. I'll, I'll go with Raiden. Uh, if not, again, my backup is Sub-Zero. Now, most importantly, Mortal Kombat 11 just recently released, not too long ago, just like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, uh, any intention on buying it? Do you still buy Mortal Kombat games? I would. Yeah, I've gotten them. Like, Mortal, like, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe was really fun because that mm -hmm. threw a different element into it. Uh, even Mortal Kombat 10, when they threw the Predator in, Jason, uh, mm -hmm. Freddy. Again, I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're not Mortal Kombat. But yeah, who cares? It's just fun. It's fun to do. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 does go back like to the core. I will get it. Maybe not, right? I'll wait maybe for the price to drop a little bit, but that's just moved. But it is definitely something I will eventually get. Yeah. Well, and the other cool thing about the Mortal Kombat games today is now they've managed to introduce a story mode. 
Yes. That that has basically been bu- that builds upon the whole mythology of Mortal Kombat. Don't mention and, mythologies. What? What? Yes. Um, Mortal mythologies. It, yeah, we're not talking about that, but just the overall <laughs> mythology. Like the, the the video game actually has a very deep history now. There's yeah. a huge story in there. Did, um, and did, uh, what I love about it is that. You now play through a story mode, and they build the fights into the story mode. So as you're going through the story, all of a sudden, then you break into a fight. Not just that and tower, an original tower. Yeah, the original I'm, tower that you would just play through. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if it's Mortal Kombat 11. It may be another fighting game, but I want to say Mortal Kombat 11, where they said if you want to unlock everything, every character, every costume, oh, yes. every move, it's either going to be like 3,000 hours of gameplay or like two thousand dollars of U.S. Mm-hmm. dollars or something like. Oh, that. Oh, you heard two thousand? I heard six thousand. Oh no, I don't. Uh, maybe I don't know. It, it's yeah, basically, easy. basically, you either have to give up your life, <laughs> or spend a ton of money to unlock everything. That's how. That's how deep this game is. Yeah. That's how much is in this game, and, and at this point, I, I will say that's a little bit absurd. <laughs> and if it's too absurd for you, just go back and download. The original Mortal Kombat and play that because it's still I I still have a blast watching that gameplay yep. and I love playing it or obviously pick up some of the other sequels like Mortal Kombat Two was definitely an improvement on the first one mm-hmm. um, that um, that one's the one I remember like the most fondly mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat Two but then Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three was excellent as well so yeah. you know Poor Striker ah think... oh, Striker it was only in Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three. <laughs> No, he's been. He hasn't been in any others. He may have been in one more, but like he's definitely like the. No one's really cared about him since. Oh, uh, I could. Well, he was definitely in trilogy. I know that, because um, trilogy had them all. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So forget about Striker. Uh, but definitely check out Mortal Kombat, and congratulations to being in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And now we are getting to the last one. Yes. We and you already know what this is, don't you? Uh, this one I do. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> let's face it. Nintendo knows how to make games, right? <laughs> but not only does Nintendo know how to make games, they know how to make franchises. Yes. They've managed to they've managed to turn a plumber who is no longer a plumber um, into <laughs> this into an icon in the video game industry that is recognizable around the world um, and has had so many games. I don't even I, I don't even have a number for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of games, hundreds of games. Most of them, um, most of them critical hits. A couple of stinkers, but for the most <laughs> part, critical hits. <laughs> You know, we're talking about you, CDI. <laughs> um, but not only did not only did this game, uh, did this Mario game um, become a successful game in the Mario world, it created a whole new game um, game category. Basically, um, I don't think any there was anything out before this that comes even close to what this style uh, of game was. No, and of course, no. no, and of course, we're talking about. The ultra iconic, super fun Super Mario Kart. Yes. And you know, it's funny. This game originally on Super Nintendo, I remember when the game came out, I'm like, eh, you guys, you know, there was F Zero, which is amazing. Yep. Um, we've had Rad Racer and stuff like that on the NES. So I remember when the game first came out, I'm like, eh, Mario in a racing game? I don't know. Like at first I didn't feel it. Still end up getting it for Christmas, and mm-hmm. yeah, that just blew my mind. I was like, I completely underestimated this game. Yeah, as as we all did, because I remember when I saw it too, and I'm like, oh, I was like, I don't like racing games. I, I was never a racing game person, like Rad yeah. Racer and all that stuff. I had those games. I sucked at them. So, mm-hmm. try investing any money into a new 
racing game, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm out. I was like, but then you heard people talking about it and how great it was. And the most important aspect of this game, multiplayer. Yes. Multiplayer. Because at that time, not a lot of games were multiplayer. You had fighting games, right? That was yeah. That was a young franchise that you got to play. Or Double Dragon, you know, where you're walking on the screen simultaneously with somebody. So, But being able to race against your friends to see who got first place out of the two of you, or in some cases, if you had the extender for... Um, was it four-player? Um... What, well, the later ones, I think. Uh, I think N64 started the four-player. N64 started the four-player. even with that, it's a, like you said, it's a franchise, really. Yeah, it's a franchise. So starting with a two-player game, going into a four-player. I could swear the uh, – see, I'm, I'm probably remembering incorrectly because was, was Battle Mode in the first one or no? It was. I was going to mention Battle Mode, yeah. But I could have sworn Battle Mode even in the first one was four-player. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Because it's hard to go back and remember. I have not. I have not played the original Super Mario Kart in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, but any. The bottom line is though, this game turned a bunch of characters that we already loved, and they put them in a game that just made it even more fun. I mean, how many hours did we kill playing? Oh, forget it. Forget it. It's and and again, you know, even though Super Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo is going in, it really you got to believe is the franchise that goes yes. in because look at where we are now with Super Mario. Uh, Deluxe, Super Mario 8 Deluxe. Yeah. You know, cart that is on the Switch. Uh, the game is gorgeous, first of all. Uh, so much fun to play. And even some of the iterations in between, where now, like, the a lot of the. And here's what's cool about the Mario Kart series, the later ones. Like, and, and you mentioned it before, it's no secret. You know, like, you never owned the handheld, so you never played Super Mario. Cart uh, DS or the mm -hmm. one on the Advance or anything like that, but you still got to play the levels because later Mario Kart games would always bring back some of the levels, yes, including from Game Boy Advance and including from DS and 3DS. Mm -hmm. Yep, or more, uh, probably most famously when Mario Kart 64 came out with and the infamous Rainbow Road. Uh, Rainbow Road in any of them is a nightmare but you're yeah. right the n64 one is is specifically sadistic yes uh mostly because the uh the board has no rails on either side so you're just <laughs> if you if you lose control of your cart you're going off the end yeah you're going off the edge so um and i can never master because i'm like i think on every rainbow road there's a like you can go off the side and land like later on I, yes. I'm never able to do that. I did that maybe a handful of times, and it's always <laughs> awesome when you do it, though. It's great when you it didn't happens. Plan it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh crap, I fell, I fell off the side. I'm falling into space. Wait, there's the part. There's a part of the road. It's like <laughs> <I'm still> <laughs> just awesome. But yeah, I mean, if you and again, um, not only did Super Mario Kart become a fun franchise that still exists today, yep. all the way to the Switch. I'm like, it basically invented the go kart racing you know, series, because we didn't just get Super Mario Kart, you know, um, uh, Sonic came out with Sonic Drift in 1994, two nice. years after Super Mario Kart. And then a few years after that, Crash, Bandic Crash Bandicoot came out with Crash Team Racing. Um, so other franchises started taking, you know, advantage of the fact of, hey, you know what, this go-karting thing is, a, you know, is great. Um, so, you know, and Mario Kart is really, you know, obviously the originator of that. Yep. Definitely... Uh, definitely worthy of being in the Hall of Fame because uh, here we are 27 years later, not only just talking about it, but still playing it because oh, I yes. love 
Mario Kart 8 on the Switch. It's fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. So a huge congratulations to Super Mario Kart for making the Hall of Fame. And again, to all of the other inductees, yep. those are the four games that are in this year's Hall of Fame. So congratulations. Very good. Very good. All right, cool. Well, that's um, that's it with the Hall of Fame. And I think we got a little bit of news and stuff. Then we'll start to wrap this up. So, uh, hey, you got anything uh, on there? Anything we missed, maybe? Uh, I got a couple of things to talk about. Um, and they're not, nothing major, uh, nothing absolutely major. But uh, speaking of Nintendo... Uh, the you know the Switch Online NES titles, right? Love um, they, yeah, I love them too. They're constantly releasing more, and now we have uh, three new games that are coming to the Switch Ooh. later this month for for May. All right, I haven't heard these yet. What are they? Yeah, which are for May. So what we're getting is versus Excite Bike. Ooh, nice. That's the arcade version. Okay, that is the arcade version. We are getting one of one of the games that my sister and I used to play ad nauseum when uh, we were kids. Uh, Clue Clue Land. Absolutely love that game. Oh yes, yes. The little creatures that run across the board to yep. to and you uncover the coins to make a picture. Yep, yep. <laughs> Always love playing. Never played what that. you never played? I never okay. Played Wait, wasn't it on? Um, it wasn't on the classic. I could have sworn it was on, um, what was the um, NES was remix? Was it on the NES remix one or two? Ooh. I don't think so. Oh, I thought it might have been. I remember it popping up somewhere, and I'm like, oh, I go, that's interesting. I go, they pulled that out of the past. But anyway, <laughs> Clue Clue Land is coming to uh, Switch Online. And last but not least, I love this game. Um, Donkey Kong Jr. Oh, sweet. They just released the arcade version of Donkey Kong Jr., and I want to correct myself. I think the versus Excite Bike is just the Famicom version of Excite Bike, which may have been based still on the arcade, but I'm sure this is the Famicom version. Um, three games, very fun. Of course, we'll get the special edition, one or two special editions. Um, so I'm curious to know what those those always a surprise when they come out. Yep. Uh, all right, cool. I, I'm excited. I wonder if the Japanese uh, version is going to get. Sometimes they get a different game. I'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, so, yeah, and, cool. you know, yeah. I was gonna say they always do, and, and the cool thing is like you, you can log into the Japanese version yep. on your really Switch. Easy. Really easy. Yeah, it's super easy. All right, cool. Good. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's probably next week or week after. Usually, they do it like that second week of the month. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. see. One day they will pop up there, and we'll all enjoy them. Cool, cool. Yep. Do you know you can rearrange the games on the menu for the NES Classic on the I Switch? I did not know that. No. So Just put the ones. The Put the ones in order that you want to do or alphabetical? No, I put them in order of just genre. Oh, okay. So, because <laughs> that, the only OCD I have is for my video games. <laughs> See, I would, I would make them alphabetical. <laughs> well, it's easy to do that. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, any other news? Anything else we got to have? Uh, one other quick thing is um, we, we have been talking the last couple of episodes about VR. And you had just ordered the um, Nintendo Labo VR, right? Yes. Or you put, put it together. It and you've put it together. You haven't tested it yet, to my understanding. Oh, no, I played it. I played oh, it. Oh, you did? I mean, okay. Not to a full extent. I haven't tried the updates yet. Okay. But we know that the, the Labo, the whole idea behind the Labo is it's cardboard, right? So yeah. you have this cardboard-created VR. Um, I guess some people aren't that thrilled with the whole cardboard aspect of it. <laughs> more And more importantly, not happy with the fact that you can't attach it like a headset, like, a like the way Correct. VR is. It's like you have to hold it. And you're holding the controller like this, right? 
Yep. Yeah, which, I mean, again, and the original sets, you did that. It's, you know what I mean? It's no big Totally cool. understandable. But, you know, some people, not a fan of that. So, uh, just a bit of random news here. Uh, this person has decided um, that they wanted to leave the cardboard behind and 3D print their own version of Labo. Oh, wow. So, they literally recreated the exact Nintendo Labo kit to 3D print, you know, in, um, was it plastic material or whatever it is a 3D printer does. It depends. I've seen people 3D print wood. So. Right. So whatever they did, this looks plastic to me. So it's a 3D printed version of the Nintendo Labo VR set. However, it also has a headset oh, okay. attached head to it. Okay. So it has a head strap so you can actually put it on your head and yeah. leave it there. And then you can hold the controllers freely to play it. Yeah. All right. So uh, some other news that I heard, which is the first major news of this since the news of the system itself. We get the new Intellivision system. Intellivision Amiga. I keep forgetting the name. Amigo. I don't want to say Amigo because that's oh, okay. No, it can't be Amigo. Amico. 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 I think it's what a C. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you call it Amigo. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Amico. A-M-I-C-O. <laughs> so A-M-I-C-O. Sorry. <laughs> the new television system is going to be coming out. Uh, we talked about it a, a few months ago. Basically, it's going to be a budget system. It's going to be a family-friendly system. Nothing, I think, over E, uh, E rating. And every game on it is going to be exclusive to this television. And for the first time, we got some big news that we are going to be getting a brand new Earthworm Jim game from the exact same team that made the original Earthworm Jim, mm -hmm. and it is going to be exclusive to the Intellivision Amico. And I am looking forward to it. So that's going to be big time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge grab for them. Yep. I mean, if they're trying to find a way to sell this system, um, that is a, that is an amazing launch title. Yeah, no, no, that is... I mean, whether or not it's a launch, we'll see. But it's definitely going to be on the system. I mean, I think it probably do it for launch. I think it's well. I would. I well, they haven't even done the Kickstarter yet. So. Well, but uh, but again, um, if you're going to sell your system, I mean, let's face it. I go. You need a. You need. A, you need a kick-ass launch well, title. No, Earthworm Jim accomplishes that. No, no, but they are. Remember, when this thing launches, it's already going to have a ton of old Intellivision games on it anyway, with updated graphics as well and stuff. So they got a lot of stuff planned for it out of the box. Yes. Um, but be that as it may, but whether it's a launch title that comes a couple months later, brand new Earthworm Jim, I've been waiting for that for a long time. And it is, I think, even if you weren't planning on getting it in television, I think this could be a selling point. Because the system's going to be like, it's going to be under $200. Yeah, so, which is fantastic. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we're going to look out for that. And what I want to show real quick. So, it's how to fix a hat. Yeah, I know. It always drives me nuts. Uh, last week, I went to Killer Theater, which I go to every couple of years. Anthony's been there last time. Yes, I have. Um, you know, it's a gathering of D-grade celebrities just to have a great time. And uh, first of all, long story short, I tried to get uh, for the better half, because there's really no one there video game related. But for the better half, I tried to get um, Tony Danza to oh, do man. a drop for us. You know, um, hey, this is Tony. You know, welcome to the better half. Frankie doing so much better. Uh, on a side note, our um, super fan Frankie is already texting me about New York Comic Con uh, tickets of course. to sell the day we record for pre-sale. So, um, so uh, Tony Dan's management said no. 
<laughs> of course. So, and I get it. You know, celebrities, they don't know what the podcasts are about. I don't blame them. But John O'Hurley, uh, Jay Peterman from Seinfeld, mm-hmm. you may know him as the host of the Westminster Dog Show. Oh, boy. And he hosted Family Feud for a little while. He was more than happy for $75 to do a recording for us. And I got to tell you, it came out awesome. Oh, we're that's great. For the next episode, we're going to do it. And he was such a professional, you know, cupped his ear, held my phone, you know. Oh, it was awesome. So That's fantastic. And the other thing I did was, because now this is a new thing for me, which I guess now means I'm going to need more shelving. Oh, that's what I wanted to do. I kind of want to give you a walkthrough real quick. Um, now I'm getting video games signed. So not by the creators, but just by people who may have been in a movie and the movie was made into a game. So let's start with, uh, here, let's start with this one because this actually, this guy kind of to me was a pill. Uh, not a movie, but a video, uh, game show. Do you remember Hollywood Squares? Of course I remember Hollywood Squares. Great you know, game. you know, I'm a game show nut. Uh, that you are. So Hollywood Squares, very fun tic-tac-toe, you know, but with celebrities. Yeah. And so I got signed by the host, the original, well, not the original, our host. Ooh. Host, John Davidson. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and you got and, that in the original box. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game on. Thank you, boys. So I didn't realize that John Davidson had a musical career. Because, yeah, right, right? We only know him from this. Of course. So he apparently he was playing the guitar before I got in the room. He was talking to all the old women coming in who remember him when he was younger. So I go up to him. I go, mm-hmm. hey, nice to meet you. You know, I'm a big game show fan. And Truth be told, when I was little, I wanted to be a game show host. That was my dream of growing up. And Hollywood Squares was one of the big shows I remember. And John Davison, I was like, I like him as a host. Well, apparently Mr. Davison, from what I gather, may have taken the gig because he wasn't doing, maybe his music career wasn't running so well, Mm -hmm. or he just needed the extra money. He really wasn't interested in talking Hollywood Squares. Wow. Okay. He wasn't rude. He was not rude. Just didn't necessarily talk about it. So after he signed it, I go, oh, this is really cool. Like, it looks really good. He goes, yeah, you can sell that on eBay. I was like, all right, you have a good day, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't meet your heroes sometimes. Wow, exactly. Um, so, all right, that was one thing. Well, Next. well, and, and yeah. in his defense, you're the only person who probably considers him a hero. <laughs> I wouldn't say hero, but I was just like, yeah, like I look because I was—he was one of the first game show hosts I remember. No, I know, I'm, I'm teasing. No, I know, I know. Uh, okay, next up, Raiders of the Lost Ark on Atari. Yes. Karen Allen was there. Ooh. Mostly for, well, not mostly for Animal House. So I go up to her. I'm like, hey, wondering if you can sign. And like, she looked like flabbergasted. She's like, what is that? I'm like, it's a video game from the '80s. I'm like, it's a terribly difficult video game from yes. the Avengers. The video game. But still, no, she was awesome. So oh, was that's fantastic. Yeah, that came out good in gold, too. So Nice. Very nice. Cool. You know, she looked at it. We were talking about it. I'm like, oh, sweet. Very nice woman. Very nice woman. And then this is my – let me take it out of the selfie. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. boy. This is my favorite. Uh, Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. Marvin Barry. You know that new sound? Listen to this. So he was there. Harry Waters Jr. I'm doing it slowly because there's a nice. Back to the Future. Harry Waters okay. Jr. So he played Marvin Barry. So they go, hey, where do you want it signed? So as usual with the NES carts, I do it on the bottom. Again, I'll yeah. show you how to, underneath the label. 
So he goes, do you want his regular name and like Marvin Barry on there? I'm like, well, if you can fit, do both. First of all, Marvin Barry's dressed like his character from Back to the Future. Oh, God. To the point where he has his hand wrapped. Oh, that's amazing. The thing. Mm -hmm. Very cool guy. Very cool guy. So I go, listen, you know, know, uh, Harry, if you can put both your name and your character's name, I'm like, I don't think you can, though, because I'm imagining he's going to do a big thing. He's like, don't worry, don't worry. I got it. I got it. So he signs Harry Waters Jr., and then he signs Marvin Barry. All Mm -hmm. right, cool. Jokingly, I'm like, hey, while you're at it, can you write, listen to this? He goes, hmm. I'm like, you got no room. He's like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. it." So he ended up putting the whole thing on. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) He was very cool. He was very cool. That's fantastic. Um, And then those are the three video game autographs. I mean, I got, uh, what, I got George Weiner. Uh, played Colonel Sanders from Spaceballs. Nice. Got his autograph. Uh, John O'Hurley was actually selling Seinfeld scripts as well. Oh, wow. So I okay. got, and the first one on top was my favorite Seinfeld episode, the Kenny Rogers Roaster episode. Okay. And uh, so we signed that. So that was cool. And oh, I got, oh, I don't know where it is. Er, oh, let me, oh, well. You're yeah. moving. Okay. I know. Oh, goodbye. No, no, and he actually, he actually is moving out of camera view. Uh, um, Larry, we can still see you in the lower left-hand corner, so you're just like ah! wandering around looking for stuff. I know. Yeah, I'm showing everything else. You might as well show this was available. And then I got signed by the creator, Audrey Two. Nice. Feed me, and then he signed it on top. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, so that was uh, my a show. good haul. Chiller Theater experience. Very, very cool. And I was about to say, it doesn't feel like it's been a year since I've been to Chiller Theater, but it hasn't been. It's only been six months. <laughs> yeah, you went in October. Oh, this October is the 30th anniversary. They say they are planning some huge. Ooh, huge nice. Stuff. I will not be flying in for that then. Fair enough. I don't blame you. All right. So that's it on that. And you got anything happening? Um, ah, what is happening over here? I do not know. Um, I will <laughs> be um I will be in Las Vegas um next week. Next weekend. So I will be um, probably hitting up uh, Gamers Paradise, which is my video game store there, and also the Pinball Hall of Fame, which I always love going to. I will probably – and then the week after that, I will be in New York. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, because I am confirming my nephew. Oh, wow. Wow. Already? Yeah. Good Lord. Oof. I just did yeah. reunion yesterday for my godson. I know. Uh, yeah, and I saw the pictures, which is great. Yeah. yeah, I'm confirming my nephew, so I am. Uh, Very cool. Uh, I, yeah, basically, I'm showing up just to confirm that he is in fact my nephew. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'll be in I'll be in New York uh, the following weekend uh, to oh, do that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that that's basically what's coming up for me. Um, video game stuff. Um, nothing crazy going on on this end. I have a ton of video games that I need to play. Absolutely no time to play them. Um, sure, and, you're doing uh, something tonight. Oh, oh, that's right. Duh. I'm, good. I'm getting too far ahead of myself. All right, that wasn't subtle at all, but I needed no, it. I didn't know how it wasn't to do subtle that, at so. all. But tonight, as of the recording night, and I'll have a recap for this next week when we record, but tonight, as in Sunday evening, um, I will be going to the grand opening. Well, the grand opening is uh, Monday. Awesome. But 
This is the yeah the 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 what what do they call it pre opening? It's called the soft opening. A lot of times I'm going this. yeah yes I am going to the soft opening of Barcade yes. in Los Angeles. Their Los Angeles um their Los Angeles uh, bar is opening on Monday the sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to the soft opening tonight on the fifth, and it's going to be a blast. Obviously, it's booze and arcades. Oh I yeah. Mean, what? I mean, you just can't go wrong with that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, big shout out to the guys at Barcade um, because it's the same guys from Brooklyn um, and the Brooklyn one that we went to. So yep. huge shout out to them. Thank you so much for getting us yeah. on the soft opening list. I know uh, Larry can't make it because he does not live oh. here. So um, I will play twice as many games in his <laughs> honor. Um, but unlike him, I'll beat some of them. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Um, yeah. And Barcade, if you're listening, for crying out loud, open one up on Long Island. All right? No. Please. You go all the way to Brooklyn. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely take some pictures, take some videos. I think they yep. may have some pinball machines there as well. Ooh, um, I, I don't hold me to that. Yeah, some places do, some don't. Um, but some of the games and uh, that's supposed to have look really sweet. So, again, you know, let us know, um, our field correspondent. And, um, yeah, looking forward to that. So, yeah, and uh, and it, yeah, just keep an eye out on our Facebook page. Uh, well, you know, Larry, keep an eye out. Yeah. This is going to be happening, but we'll definitely have some information for it on our Facebook page. Cool. I'll do some. I'll do some live streaming there, which will be archived, obviously, by the time this episode mm-hmm. drops. But you'll you can check out um, you can check out some video and photos on our Facebook page. Definitely. Hey, curious. This is weird. What? What I'm is weird? At, I'm looking at Rays of the Lost Ark. Yeah. There's a there's a asterisk. Oh, interesting. Um, I wonder if in the uh, instruction book, maybe there's a call to something. Oh, no, I found it. Here we go. Oh. Asterisk. Lucas Films, 1982. Right. Oh, there you go. That doesn't make sense whatsoever. Uh, All right, anyway. Uh, cool. All right, so big stuff happening for us. Uh, it had fun tonight, and we're looking forward to how that one looks. Uh, Thank you very much. I do wish I was there, and um, glad to be back. We're going to be with next week, should be back to normal um you know with basically the whole new place which you know mm-hmm. real quick i can flip this around oh and, yeah you know that's still what i gotta do all the way back that's there, a lot all the way back there will be my podcasting yes so it's a, it looks like a good setup dude it's gonna be it's definitely yep. gonna be and uh so with that oh, let me get out of the light uh, i'm gonna mm-hmm. let you go because i also have to buy comic-con tickets now all right you go buy your comic-con tickets and uh, we're just going to wrap this up, and we'll, we will do this again next week on the Retro Gamers Podcast. Don't miss Lowe's Provember Season of Savings event, November 25th through December 2nd. We'll have some of the year's best deals on brands you trust every day. During this one-week-only event, get up to 40% off select tools, up to 25% off select lighting and ceiling fans, up to 50% off select ladders, and more. These pro deals are available in-store and online at Lowe'sForPros.com. Lowe's, the new home for pros. Offer valid 1125 through 12-2. While supplies last, U.S. only. Turn quick stops for this and that into quick stops for cash back. With new Chase Freedom Flex, you'll earn 3% cash back at drugstores. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cars are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC.